Super Bowl week. We are here live at 1.37 p.m. This is Short-Term High Volatility Investments. My name is Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets, alongside my main man, washed out more than usual, Ant Latino. You know him as the odds fellow. His lighting is bright. His bets are good. And we're here with a, a really wonderful show here. It's going to be a, a data-driven, stats-heavy analysis of the Super Bowl, trying to identify how we can beat one of the sharpest lines of the season. Ant, talk to the good people. How are we feeling? I just want to say thank you to all the listeners, all the watchers, the viewers, the gambling Twitter community, whoever else is out there, the people in the legalized states, the people in the non-legalized states for supporting us for over a year. Shout out to the old man who bets our first episode, the inaugural season one kickoff pilot, whatever you want to call it, was heading in to Super Bowl 55. It was it was about a year ago. Time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when you're stuck at home. That is pretty crazy to me, man. I mean, hasn't felt like a year doing this, but I guess we are like 35 episodes deep or something along those lines. Yeah, I can tell you the difference between 2020 and 2021, and here we are in 2022. So I think you're thinking about it the right way. Yeah, absolutely. So a full year under the books, a pretty profitable NFL season coming to a close. Uh, you know, I think we're hoping to, to for this to be the cherry on top of, of, of a wildly successful season. And, and um, I think we've got some pretty good stuff to discuss here. Where do we want to start? Yeah, we're going to go through the game a little bit. I think probably the typical way we would break it down. But what we're going to try to do and ebb and flow throughout this, and, and I haven't locked a ton of these, um, so we'll talk about some that we like. We'll use some of the matchup data game data and game brain data that we talk about to bring you guys maybe some props and some angles. I think we have some mm-hmm. fun, call them fun. They could be stupid, uh, wild trends uh, to, to share with you. But hey, it's going to be, you know, another 30 minutes or so of just kind of ebbing and flowing throughout some different ways to attack this game. Uh, biggest advice, like we always like to say, is you don't have to bet the board. You know, be careful. There's a lot of props out there, especially with the Super Bowl. Um, you know, some recommendations if you're going to bet unders, maybe wait a few more days closer to game time overs and, and numbers might continue to stream. Um, but but hey, if you find an angle you like and you find a price you like, then maybe that's one worth jumping on. Maybe you keep the rest small, but that's what we're going to bring you, some some good spots, some fun spots, and we're going to have fun with it because it's a super week. All right, a super week for a Super Bowl with some super guides about to put in some super bets and drink some super ice-cold beers. It's going to be super fucking awesome. But anyway, we want to start on props. We want to start on the game analysis. We want to start on maybe a, a fun trend that has to do with the opening kickoff. What do you think, Ant? Let's start right with the opening kickoff. So somehow, and I, I have to, I'll find out some pricing while we're looking at this because I got to make sure the legal books are offering this. Some sometimes with these props, the offshores, right, of the non, uh, right. you know, fan duels and sports books and MGMs of the world might not have all of these. But the kickoff to be returned. So sometimes you could find odds on, uh, you know, if the opening kickoff of the game for the Super Bowl would have a touchback or not, because I think you know percentage wise, touchbacks happen very, very often in the NFL, mm-hmm. and you'd expect the opening kickoff in the Super Bowl to be no different. But somehow, Jeff, somehow, in the somehow last 20 way. games, in the last 20 Super Bowls, the kickoff has been returned 18 times, and there have only been two touchbacks. So if you bet the plus money, usually, because that number is usually juiced towards the touchback, you know, being the percentages the way it plays out, that number's 18 and two, uh, probably towards some plus money bets on that side of things, which is why. And that, that is insane, right? 58% of all kickoffs this season have resulted in touchbacks. Shout out to Yahoo Sports for that data. Uh, and Matt Gay, 63%. Evan McPherson, 64%. So all signs point to a touchback. 
right? Especially at like close to even money. But Pat McAfee had some really good intel. Uh, shout out to him one time, obviously a legend of the podcasting space as well as the kicking space. But That's right. uh, apparently the different preparation in the Super Bowl, because the first kickoff is the ball that gets placed into the Hall of Fame. So that ball is not scuffed up. That ball has not been prepared by equipment managers. It is fresh out of the box. It is stiff leather. Uh, and apparently it's tougher to kick. It's like a, a plastic egg that these guys are kicking rather than soft and cozy and, and familiar. So that is an interesting yeah. angle, one that I never considered how the ball preparation is different but i mean 18 for 20 that's <laughs> pretty statistically significant as super bowls go are you gonna play it if you can find a line if, if i can find a line i think i'm gonna play it and i'm still looking you know while we're on this but uh yeah but and ironically it. enough about that one and i had a buddy of mine uh college lacrosse player that i that i played with hit me up last night kind of out of the blue i hadn't talked to him and he goes i quote you think first kickoff is a touchback? And I responded, that go. feels about right. And then I followed no. up this morning when you hit me with that article. And I was like, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. Um, which yeah. is pretty insane. But that's a fun yeah. prop to look into. Obviously, you've got your coin toss. You've got your anthem length, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. Maybe we'll have more about that in, in later in the, in the week coming into the weekend. But, uh, you know, we are trying to still maintain our short-term high volatility right, investment. I did find it. I did find you it on FanDuel. It. So it, is, it is on FanDuel. Both slightly juiced, so maybe they've caught on to the trend to sure. some degree. Open, opening kickoff to be a touchback. Yes, minus 108. No, at minus 118. Wow. Okay. Sharps are hammering the no. I think you got to take yeah. the no here. I don't know if I'm going to gamble on this one, even though we do have a perceived edge. Is this an investment or is this a gamble, Ant? Ready, go. Ooh, ooh, slight investment. A slight investment. Respect yeah, it. I feel like prior preparation leads to strong performance in this case. And I'm yeah. going with the history. I'm going with the history lesson. I like but let's it. jump into the game a little bit. Um, let's, right? So I think we've got narratives for both sides here. One I of which I think is stronger than the other. But, you know, we've looked at games for essentially through like three different lenses this season. The first is a DVOA analysis, DVOA standing for uh, defense adjusted value over average, looking at what percentage better a team is versus league average outcomes of every play and every of every game against every opponent. So it's a nice way to normalize outcomes better than records. I think better than yards per play, better than points per play, which leads us into kind of number two, yards per play, point per play, a good way to figure out regardless of schedule how a team executes and then three one that we haven't done too much but with only one game here we can't really compare lines against other lines this week right we have one line so just trying to find more ways to, to handicap this we're looking into some similar opponent uh and similarly ranked dvoa outcomes uh to try to figure out what kind of performance we're going to get from matt stafford what kind of performance are we going to get from joe burrow is this 500 yards something that we'll see against this highly ranked secondary or not um so yeah i think there's a, a couple of different places we could start you have any preference no, let's dive in. Let's dive into All the right, fun. Let's start with the DVOA to spread analysis, yeah. right? This was something we've been doing, something that's been profitable that for me the, personally. The, yeah, the second half of the year, you know, week 10 and week 11, right? And if not a little bit later, I think that really caught on nicely. Yeah, exactly. So just a refresher for you guys listening. We're going to get into some data here. Um, try to keep up. Any questions, comments, concerns, just hit us in the DMs. You know, happy to go deeper here. But essentially what we've been doing is try to find perceived line, line strength. So we're taking the percentage of, of difference, the DVOA ranking. Uh, for this game here, the Rams are 21% better than league average, and the Bengals are 4% better than league average. So that's a 17-point difference. And then what we do is we compare that to the spread, uh, 4.5 divided by 17. 
17. The spread divided by the difference gives us a DVOA to spread number. And that number this week is 0.196. Uh, which Ant, unfortunately, tells me pretty much nothing. Looking at a pretty solid sample size over the season, any line essentially between 0.1 and 0.4, 0.18 and 0.33, I would consider sharp. No perceived edge, kind of exactly where it should be. And I found that by just averaging week over week to seeing what kind of the stock line is. And it does fluctuate when it would, the average was you know closer to 0.6. It looks like favorites were in a cover, and they did. When the average is lower, closer to zero, um, you know, underdogs kind of ate that week. So directionally here, I'm getting quite literally nothing out of this DVOA to spread analysis, which uh, on a normal week for me would be a total pass. I wouldn't even go deeper on the game. Um, one interesting point here, and before I let you speak and give some thoughts, did, just to try to get the sample size up, look again at um, – at similarly ranked games, the, the the hypothetical Super Bowl matchups did give us a, 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 some lines last week, and the only one that was different or, or, or similar would have been San Francisco versus Cincinnati with a 19% difference, and that line was projected at 1.5. So similar overall difference in percentage, 1.5 for that line, 4.5, 4 for this one on the Rams. To me, that's a slight lean towards strength for the Rams. Um, but again, this isn't enough for me to, to bet the game. But either way, directionally, I'm starting out with a lean towards the Rams. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Rams, but you know what concerns me a little bit about it when you compare it to some of the previous matchups is the Chiefs and Titans you know, were also ranked pretty high. You know, yep. from a, And I know that's a little bit separate from the uh, DVOA to, to spread analysis, but even just looking at pure DVOA, you know, the Bengals have beaten good teams to get here, and I've been wrong on them yep. the last the, the first two rounds. I did think they would beat the Raiders. That was, you know, arguably one of their closer games, um, right, you know, the ironically. way that thing unfolded. But, you know, the Rams do come in as just a well balanced squad that might be hitting their stride at the right time, too. You know, obviously, top 10. Uh, in in both offensive and defensive uh, DVOA. So from a total DVO st- standpoint, you know they're sitting around fifth, uh, both weighted and unweighted. So pretty strong. Yeah. Um, and when you look at the offense versus the defense, you know again they're right in that you know top category. Uh, uh, they slide back a little bit on the weighted DVOA and the total offensive mm-hmm. DVOA to eight. But their defensive rankings alone are, are high. And that's one thing I think as we talk throughout this that I'll probably key in on a little bit again. You know, I did it with the Chiefs. I did a little bit less with the Titans because I think I underestimated their pass rush. But mm-hmm. when you compare pass rush with this Rams team, like I just don't – I struggle with how the the Bengals are going to be able to hold up. But obviously Joe Burrow's proven he could take a beating for a quarter or a half sure. and keep, keep slinging. So that's one thing I think is worth talking about a little bit. Yeah, and let's make it clear here. In no way do we think that Joe Burrow is not a gunslinger. We love playoff Joe. We love his cigars. We love his swagger. He's the quarterback Baker Mayfield wishes he could be. Um, But that's neither near here nor there, right? We're trying to remove emotion from this game while our heart, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, Amp, but my heart certainly lies with the Bengals here. My wallet doesn't necessarily we'll get to why but you know i think one area uh one you know great point you mentioned right top 10 dvoa offensively and defensively for this rams team there was only three teams in the playoffs that had that that was the rams that was well sorry four i suppose the rams the bucks uh the bills and the 49ers probably of course the rams yeah. Yeah. took care of two of the three of those and then you know one might argue that 
the Bills got robbed. But that's neither here nor there. But I think more importantly, the teams that the Bengals have beaten here haven't been complete, right? They've, they've both have holes on one side of the ball in one way or the other. But um, before we get into kind of common opponents and, and different similarities there, you know, here's a quick angle of why you should bet the Bengals, right? A lot of people use yard per play, points per play as a, as a good proxy against something that's better than just looking at records. Um, and if you look at this, very, very similar on both sides of the ball. The Rams offensively yards per play, 6.0 versus 5.8. You know, that's small enough that I would say that's a coin flip. Uh, and then points per play, almost identical, 0.431 and 0.430. So generally with the yards per play, points per play, you know, I, I, if all things are equal, you take the underdog, right? It should be similar. Of course, there's a slight home field advantage. Maybe, maybe not, probably not. So I don't think you even need to fiddle that in. Uh, but defensively, we're seeing just about the same, a slight discrepancy towards the Rams here in terms of yards per play, lower, better on defense, of course, 5.2 versus 5.6. But points per play, almost identical again, down to the hundredth decimal spot, 0.330 versus 0.334. So, you know, when you're looking at yards per play, points per play, especially with the narrative of a super hot team, hard for me not to conclude that the Bengals is the side, take the space, take the value, four and a half, but I I just don't think that's telling the full story here. Yeah, and look, to get off the data a little bit and jump into some of the fun trends, I mean, there's a ton that favors underdogs uh, in these spots, which is really interesting. you know, just just grabbing a few. Let's see, underdogs straight up in the last ten Super Bowls alone are seven and three. That bucks mm-hmm. the trends. That's a little bit more recency bias compared to the fact that um, Super Bowl favorites in Super Bowl history, which we've had fifty five previous games, are thirty six and nineteen overall. So obviously, you had thirty six mm-hmm. and nineteen in the full span, but in the last ten, you know, seven and three towards the underdog. Uh, teams with less Super Bowl experience, which the uh, Bengals are the lesser experienced team, ten and five. Uh, straight up in the last 15 um, underdogs are five and one in the last six Super Bowls when the halftime show is led by a male artist. That's the handicap right there. So look, what does it say when you've got Mary J coming in for uh, so that's, that was my vibes. that was my point of conflict. I think I think you have a mixed show, not just a male lead. I guess they're giving the props to Dre over everybody yeah. else but hey there's, there's a female in there right so, so we'll see i got some other and those ones, waters that muddied waters right there you know that's, that's not right. too that's the data's not clean yeah. enough for me to, to action that's off merge. of that that, that trend merge. but that is a fun fact uh yeah but all interesting stats there. Uh, so more for for the Bengals. And let's keep on this Bengals train right here. If we look at common opponents, I think you're screaming Bengals as well. I'm going to say all of these results without commentary because I've got thoughts about some of them. Uh, but the Bears, this is probably one of the only games that really favors the Rams. The Rams win by 20. The Bengals lose by three. And I'm going to actually add commentary. These games were in September. It was week one. So who really cares, right? But looking through the rest of this, we're seeing a lot of relatively similar similar outcomes versus Detroit. The Rams win by nine. The Bengals win by 23. I don't know. Good teams playing bad teams. It's always a little bit of a wash. Titans, the Rams lose by 12. The Bengals win by three. Hashtag Tannehill. Say what you want about that. Um, I thought the Bengals could have lost by 12, and it would have been pretty similar. But either way, you know, similar enough or lean Bengals. San Francisco, you've got the uh, Rams win by three, lose by three, lose by 21. The Bengals lose by three. Similar enough kind of across the board. Green Bay here, the Rams lose by eight. The Bengals lose by three. Again, ammo towards the Bengals. Vikings, the Rams win by seven. The Bengals win by three. Pretty fucking similar again. And then Baltimore, Rams win by one. The Bengals win by 20 and 24. So triumphantly uh, lean towards the Bengals there. So yards per play, points per play, lean Bengals. Uh, Common opponents, lean Bengals. But, you know, I think my biggest concern here perhaps is... 
I don't know, just not apples to apples. That Baltimore win, that's in conference, in division. Those teams always play each other harder. And, and most of these other common opponents, other than San Francisco, is um, you know what wasn't a divisional game for I guess San Francisco and, and Green. No, just San Francisco uh, for for the for the Rams all out of conference. So a lot of muddied water there. And even though it does lean for the Bengals, again, that's not. It's not telling me enough about about why those outcomes happened, and, and I'm curious if you you put any weight into kind of common opponent um, matchup stats. I think it's so hard to at this stage in the game because so much has changed, right? There's yeah. almost, you know, I don't know what the proper way to break this down in, in a season is, but you almost feel like there's three or four quarters to the season, if not even more, right? And, sure. I, and I think that's part of the struggle of what you see, like, Take the Rams, for instance. That team has completely morphed um, post-Von Miller, Odell Beckham, right? Completely opening up the offense and the defense for different reasons. But if you look at those first couple games they played late in the year, mid to late in the year, when they brought those guys on, they were they were losing. They were struggling. Yeah. They kind of righted the ship and got some other things going. So I, I think it's hard to look at some of those common opponents, especially if it wasn't the exact same environment, motivational spot. Um, mm-hmm. Or even time in the season because so much has changed, you know, and yeah. and I think that's that's something that makes it a little bit harder to wait. And I would really focus on what you've seen recently in these playoffs um, mm-hmm. and some of the matchup data that that exists. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting here, and in, in really the the anchor of my handicap here is looking at I'm taking the DVOA ranks, offense and defense of both of these teams, and then seeing how players on both of these teams performed against similarly ranked offenses and defenses. So if we take Joe Burrow here, the pass defense uh, for the Rams is ranked number sixth in the league. Uh, They haven't faced too many of those. You've got Minnesota at 13, Chicago at 12, Pitt at 8, Cleveland at 7, and Tennessee at 11. Um, And what concerns me here is that Joe Burrow... I thought rather pedestrian in a lot of these these efforts. In Minnesota, he went probably for the best game of any of these, 20 for 27, 262, two touchdowns, great. Um, but against Chicago, 19 for 30, 207, two TDs, three interceptions, you know, pedestrian. Against Pittsburgh in game one, he was 14 for 18, 172. He did have three touchdowns, but also threw an interception in that yardage stat, not particularly uh, impressive. The game two they had here, 20 for 24, 190, one TD, one interception. Against Cleveland, number seventh ranked, 28 for two uh, for 40. 282 and two interceptions, you know, pretty whatever. And against Tennessee, you know, good enough. The yardage was great, 28 for 37, 340 and one interception. But nonetheless, I think Burrow did what he had to do, but that's not going to be doing what that, that those numbers aren't going to be enough against this Rams. And there was a strong corollary in every one of these games that they ended up pulling out was that Joe Mixon went off. Against Minnesota, 29 for 127 in one touchdown, but Minnesota is the 25th ranked rush defense. Against Chicago, he was only 20 for 69. That's the 24th ranked rush defense. Pittsburgh specifically, where Burrow, I thought his numbers were really dwindling. He was 18 for 90 and 28 for 165 and two scores. Pittsburgh's 27th against the rush. Against Cleveland, uh, Mixon was 13 for 63, two scores. Cleveland is 22 against the rush. So it's just like every one of these games, Mixon eight against defenses that were ranked 20th or worse, um, which I think is is pretty concerning. And yeah, I'll stop there so I don't ramble for this entire thing, but I would love to quickly parlay this into looking at Mixon's stats against a similar ranked defense. I uh, would love to get your thoughts just kind of right off the cuff. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's a fair point with mixing because like even just keeping with that theme of like how this Los Angeles Rams team ranks against the rush at the line of scrimmage, you know, that's where they jump out a little bit more than maybe some of the previous opponents, um, especially recently recently that the Chiefs yep. have faced in the sorry, the Chiefs. Well, I missed the Chiefs. But that the uh the, the good old bungles have, have faced here in the in the playoffs. So from a pass rush win rate, they're winning at fifty three percent. That that was good for first during the regular season. Run stop, mm-hmm. uh, run, yeah, run stop win rate. So winning, you know, on the defensive side at the line of scrimmage to stop the rush, they're winning at thirty five percent, good for first as well. Again, they bolstered that defensive line down the stretch, and you you jump over to DVOA, um, and see how this team is is performing in that same spot from a defensive uh, rushing standpoint. You know, it's a strong number, right? So. Does Mixon stack up? Will he be able to, to get the line of scrimmage? And then the trickle-down effect of what that does to Joe Burrow and the rest of the Bengals' offense is going to be really interesting to watch. Have you keyed in on any um, Mixon props given that matchup, maybe looking at some unders? Yeah, not props specifically, but I did look again. Um, I would lean the under, but we can get there in a second. But, you know, so we're looking at those those Burrow stats, right? And the hypothesis there is that Burrow was fine and Mixon got them over the hump to win those games. So the question is, can Mixon continue to do that against this Rams. You said this Rams defense is highly ranked, number fifth in terms of defensive rush DVOA. So let's look at Mixon against similar opponents. Baltimore was number four against the rush. He was 12 for 59 and 18 for 65, scored a touchdown in both those games. That's 4.9 yards per carry, pretty good, and 3.6 yard per carry, very whatever. Against Las Vegas, whose defense was wildly inconsistent all year, but they were good for number 10 uh, against the rush. He had one amazing game, 30 for 123 and two scores, but that's still 4.1 yards per carry. Good. Second game, they keened in on him, 17 for 48 for 2.8 yards per carry. And then last but not least here, San Francisco, number two against the run, 18 for 58, 3.2 yards per carry. So against the top five defense here, he averaged 3.7 yards per carry. Against top 10, I'm including Las Vegas in this numbers now because I thought that one game, a bit of an outlier, it was his best game of the season outside of the other Pittsburgh game, but they're 27th against the rush. That was 3.7 yards per carry. And mix it in the postseason, Ant. You guessed it, 3.7 yards per carry. So when he's playing against top-tier talent, the guy averages 3.7 yards per carry. Now, the question is, is 3.7 yards per carry good enough to relieve Burrow? And I think the answer is no. And that is a huge, huge piece of my handicap here. Um, We'll get into a couple more numbers in a second, but the answer for me is no, and, and that's a major concern. Yeah, well, and here's even another one to piggyback on it, right? Obviously, we talked about how important previous performances are recently in the matchup data recently just because so much can happen over the span of an NFL season. The San Francisco 49ers came into that game last weekend, um, and this might be slightly adjusted after the fact, but right, they were fifth offensively from a DVOA standpoint, fifth total offense DVOA. Mm -hmm. Their rush number was was sitting there at number five as well. I think there were five, both pass and rush. Uh, Cincinnati comes in to this game, you know, way down at 20th from a rush offensive DVOA standpoint. Sure. This same Rams defense, still healthy, two weeks off now, more time to game plan, gave up a whopping, if I'm adding this up right, 50 yards on the ground. It's one of the best run, D's, or one offenses in the one league. Best run, rush offenses, creative minds. Obviously, their offensive coordinator now has now gone on to, to take the head coaching vacancy at the Dolphins. You know, that that is concerning from a Bengals matchup standpoint, from a Joe Mixon matchup standpoint as well. Yep. 
Yeah, agreed. And, you know, it wouldn't be fair to only do this for the Bengals side of things. So I looked at Stafford versus similarly ranked defenses. Uh, Bengals pass defense number 24, according to DVOA. Um, so they faced the 17th, 26th, 14th, 27th, and 22nd uh, versus the Indianapolis number 17, 19 for 30, 272, two scores and an interception, you know, whatever. Against Seattle, number 26, closer to 24 than 17 was, 365, one and one. Against the Giants, number 14, 251, four scores, one interception. And then Detroit, number 27, 344, three scores. Houston, number 22, 305, three scores, no interceptions there. So comparatively, speaking, of course, similar proponents of similar rankings. Uh, boy, do I love Stafford over Burrow in this one. Um, and, you know, of course, both teams have crazy weapons, right? Jamar Chase versus Cooper Cup. Like, the, the secondary is going to be the X factor there. And again, you know, very much lean towards uh, the Rams with, with the Ramsey backed uh, or fronted. Uh, yeah, look, in, so, in one angle, if you still do like the Bengals, like at that four number, you know, yeah, sure. Could they cover? Um, but maybe you start looking to at the money line or at a Joe Burrow mm-hmm. MVP uh, case, right? Because I think that MVP number was hovering somewhere between plus 200 and plus 300, depending on where and what and when you were looking. Uh, that's obviously a little bit juicier than the money line. And then obviously the money line is still a little bit juicier than a minus four, minus 110, you know, plus four, minus 110. So there's some other ways to attack it if you do back the Bengals here and don't want to just take the points. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and we can go anywhere we want here. The last analysis that I looked at was obviously players versus defense. You know, it's a team game here. So I wanted to look at team output and points allowed and points scored uh, versus similar opponents. Do we think that would be a productive exercise? Let's do that. And I'll try to have some props out there. They're tough to find because there's so many out there. But I'll try to bring right. some player props into this if we can. Okay, cool. So uh, Bengals offense number 18. So how has the Rams' defense performed against similarly ranked offenses? Uh, 18 is the number versus the Colts, number 13. They allowed 24 points against Arizona, number 15. They were way higher than 15 in the first matchup when they scored 37. Second matchup, 23. Minnesota, number 16, 23 points allowed. Baltimore, number 17, 19 points allowed. That's an average of 25.2 points allowed against similarly ranked teams. If you remove that outlier, which we'll call uh, that Arizona just onslaught, that drops down to 22.25 points. So anywhere between 22 and 25 points per game is interesting fact right so let's look at the other side of this uh the rams defense is number five how has the bengals offense performed versus similarly ranked and the answer is not good and not too many stats because they've only played a lot of shitty defenses this year candidly uh but against sandy san, san francisco they score 23 against cleveland they play twice uh number 11 16 and 16 that's an average of 18.3 points scored against good defenses so you've got the rams allowing between 22 and 25 depending on what data you want to include you've got the Bengals' offense only scoring 18 that to me screams Rams all day. So could you target a team total there? Maybe if you want to argue the over under number is pretty sharp at 48 and a half. I do lean under ever so slightly, but I always worry about the back door here, depending on what kind of garbage time or, or, or game you get at the end. But, you know, with that type of analysis and just looking at, you know, obviously who they've played, if you pulled up yep. the team total here, the Rams are sitting at 27 and a half, the Bengals at 21 and a half, right? Obviously that's going to be pretty well averaged out to the 48 yep. and a half that you're seeing as the total. So that's why you're getting those two numbers, but you know, 21 and a half above three touchdowns is interesting, especially if that team stalls out 
and some of those become you know McPherson short or long field goals because the guy's got a monster leg and he's super clutch. You know, twenty one yeah, and a half. Any, any interest there? I mean, I would lean under there. I feel yeah. sharp. It's a arrow, tough number. Though. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's eighteen to twenty two. It's like it's right there. Yeah. If, so if that, that number was like so twenty, if that number was like twenty three to twenty four, you know, and Big I could time. get a little bit more cleared of that three touchdown, you know, garbage field goal type of zone, I'd feel better. Yep. But. Yeah, I agree. But let's look at the other side of this real quick. I know we're pushing up on time here. Rams or the Bengals defense is number 19 overall. Uh, Rams offense versus the similar. Uh, Chicago at 13, 34 points scored. Tampa Bay at 9. This one was a reach, but included it anyway. Uh, significantly better defense in paper. 34 points scored. Uh, Seattle at 21. That's going to be 20 and 26 points scored. The Giants at 18, 38 points scored. Houston at 23, 38 points scored. Green Bay at 22, 28 points scored. Minnesota at 16, 30 points scored for an average of 29.75 points scored. Uh, and then the Rams offense um, versus similar defenses. The Bengals defense here, um, we see the Rams offense at number eight. Bengals defense, uh, so versus Green Bay, um, the Bengals defense, the number two offense, they have 25 points versus the Chargers, number four offense. They allowed 41. Uh, and then against Kansas City twice, 31 and 24 for a average of 30 30.25 points. So summarizing that, the Bengals scored an average of 18 points against similarly ranked defense and allowed north of 30, 30.25 against similarly ranked opponents. The other side of that, the Rams scored an average of 29 and allowed an average of 25. So you know, one of these things is not like the other, right? Scoring an average of 25 versus a defense that allows an average of 30, that means this Ram offense should pretty much do whatever the hell they want, what they have been doing all season. Other side of that, the Rams are allowing, what, 25, maybe 22. The Bengals are only scoring 18. Um, those are pretty low numbers across the board. So that right there is between that and the Stafford and, and, and Burrow analysis is how I'm coming up with Rams minus four, minus four and a half. I'm going to try to get it at four. I might have to suffer with four and a half. But uh, to me, I think the Rams win by, by seven to ten. I don't hate it. I mean, you get that alt line. Find some, find some plus money out there for yourself. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, if you think the Bengals are going to win, man, I think there's a wait for the Rams to score the first touchdown and then hit that live line. You know, it's plus 170 right now. That's easy, plus 350, plus 400 right off the jump. Um, And vice versa, right? You know, you might want to wait for a Rams number if you think the Bengals are going to come out. The only reason I don't like that is because that I might not have action on the game uh, and I want to have something coming into it. But if you are patient and disciplined, which you always should be when betting, know the number you want. If it's not four and a half, you want three. Again, wait for that first touchdown from the Bengals. Maybe you get it, maybe you don't. But nonetheless, an interesting strategy. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the spots I'm targeting, which would actually support your your move on the Bengals uh, on a live line, if that's where you're looking, is – is for me, I do kind of lean actually Rams in the first half. Um, okay. And I'm trying like to similar find to how the Chargers or the, sorry the Chiefs just blew them out and then decided not to adjust at all. And yeah, if you out. look at the way, yeah, they've they've played in some of these games. I mean, it was similar to that Chargers game. I think the Rams actually too during the playoffs, besides the Niners being a little bit more flat, have come out pretty well in these first halves. They did against Tampa, right, and then they let Tampa roar right back into it. So you have some recency bias on both sides of this too right. that that show that type of trend. Um, you know, they're sitting at minus three. Again, a strong line when you look at line splits, right, compared to right. that four, four and a half, if they're sitting there at a, at a minus three first half favorite. So uh, an interesting spot. But one thing I will likely also take, just so we can start pumping out some leans or some officials to you guys too, is there's also props on sacks. And, you know, I did key in on those pass rush 
win rates, you know, blitz rates and other things compared to, um, you know, offensive defensive line wins. And, and I think one thing that stood out to me here, and, and it's, it's a little worrisome to me that it's three and a half at plus one Oh five on DraftKings, but the yeah. LA Rams total sacks, um, which does feel a little bit more like an investment and less like a gamble compared to you can do player to record the first sack or team to record the first sack. I don't want to take into account, you know, who gets the ball first and, you know, what the scheme is. I just want to focus on the raw number because I do think they're going to get to Burrow uh, more than three and a half times. Um, right, what was it, 11 in the last right game? Now. So it was nine. Was two games ago. It was two games ago. It was nine. And the Chiefs only got to him once. Uh, the Chiefs historically do use a pretty high blitz rate. The um, the Rams do blitz less than than that team. You know, just looking at that stat, I had pulled up too many windows. Um, nope. 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 What was I saying? So the something about sacks. Niners, the Niners blitz. Yeah. So the Bengals are blitzing twenty point five percent of the time. Uh, Stafford holds up very well against the blitz, but that's not a huge number. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that yeah. that what that means for Stafford. But He's the, worse against not the blitz, right? If you can get pressure correct. on the front four, exactly. If you can get I don't know the if they'll be able to do that though, but we'll see. The the Chiefs were sitting at twenty eight point one percent of a blitz rate, where while the Rams are down at twenty six point six, not a huge discrepancy. But when I look sure. apples to apples at the that front four and that core, I do think you know, especially recently, right? Because this is a full season. Um, if you look at what they did post uh, Von Miller, which I don't have that split for, it it sure. did seem like eye test wise, at least they're getting there a lot more. I love it. All right, man. Any official plays from you, or we're still still at the. Still at the at the water Still digging. Still digging. We're gonna have to get a graphic out there, and we'll do some we'll do some short term high volatility uh, officials from us both. You know. Yeah, for sure. And I think I, I will lock in officially the Rams. Uh, what is it right yeah. now? Four, four and a half. Four. Um, four. You can get some lock that There's in still some at four. I'm gonna bet that as soon as we hang up here, um, and that'll be great. Of course, I've been burned on the Bengals two rounds in a row. I think I shouldn't have been burned on either, but that's okay. Um, any other player props? Any uh, any anything else we want to add here, Ant? Or we let's to- check the mixin stuff. I'm trying to get the mixin ones okay. on either Fanduel or DraftKings because I think uh, given what we were talking about the rushing attack, uh, that's to me something that stands out. You target an under, so he's sitting at 63 and a half in terms of under yards. Um, not an awful number, um, but it's heavily juiced to minus 130. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, if you're gonna wait on this, like my recommendation is to see if this ticks up at all as we get a little bit closer to game time because that you either might get a, a, a higher number or maybe slightly better juice if a lot of people are still betting the over. Um, so that one on the rush yards I think is very interesting to me, a, a mix and under. You said it was at 63? 63 and a half. Gotcha, 63.5. On DraftKings. Yeah. Okay, interesting Interesting here. Um, you've got 63 and a half on rush yards. His reception yards is 25 and a half, which is a total of 89. But the rush plus, plus, rush plus reception yards prop on DraftKings is, is at 93 and a half. half. Yeah. One of those things is not like the other. Yeah. So what's that telling Interesting. you? Interesting. I don't know <laughs> that there's a standard deviation of probably about seven yards on both of those things. And right. Joe Mixon total plus is right in the middle of it. But yeah. nonetheless, that is interesting. Uh, I mean, yeah. I would lead so, towards the under on the uh, on Joe Mixon rush yards. Game I would as well. And, and, and I would and, probably stay away from the receptions or the total. Or I would actually sure. lean maybe slightly over on the total because I think what you what you could get is some screens, 
some short action that mimics the run game, um, right? If they're trying to get Burrow out of trouble or they just can't get the yards uh, per attempt or per carry that you're seeing on the, on the rushing attack that they need to create create a little bit of space and create a little bit of room. Yeah, for sure. And mixed in rushing attempts is at, what, 18, 16 and a half? I mean, that seems sharp as an arrow yeah. as well. He's yeah. had 21, 14, and 17 in the last three games. Like, it's yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, the other stuff I'll probably be keen in on is, is some receiving props, uh, maybe looking at receptions for some of these teams and just trying to key in on who the defense might try to take away and be able to take away. You know, you have some high numbers of Cooper Cup sitting at over under eight and a half, which seems like a big number, but he does see a lot of volume. If they start taking that away, what does that mean for the volume that Odell Beckham Jr. and the success that he's had lately, he's sitting at five and a half, um, yeah. you know, so some, some good spots, right? I think you just really, one of the things I would recommend too is sit down and, and create a game script uh, of what you think, because if you're betting one way and one direction, you know, what I like to do is at least stack those props and that thing to support that narrative. Uh, that could mean if it goes South, it goes really South, but at least you're telling the full story, right. Of how the, you know, from a matchup standpoint, how if, if Jeff's on the minus four with the Rams, how are they going to get there? And then what does that mean from a player prop standpoint that you might be able to target? Yep, great points. And two last facts will leave you here. The Bengals are fifth worst in yards allowed to tight ends. Uh, take a look maybe for Daily Fantasy. If Higby can't go, um, what Blanton, I think his name is, went off last week. They get five mm-hmm. for 65 or something along those lines. That's interesting. Um, another interesting fact here, the Bengals are number six worst, at least in the regular season. Uh, in terms of yards allowed to running backs, uh, rush specifically, that one's tough because who's going to get the carries? It's the only thing I don't like about that. Should be Acres. Sonny's still available. Henderson's eligible to come off the IR. I don't know if they'll activate him, uh, which is interesting. And a, a very interesting one. This was from last week. Rams were fourth most yards allowed to wide receivers, but they don't allow that many touchdowns to them. So a little bit of a bend-don't-break methodology there. I think you could try to target whoever Ramsey's not on and then maybe hit Higgins or Boyd to, to be the uh, – the chain movers and, and and sneak one in there but more to come i suppose on all that I mean, right now i'm on four minus four on the rams ant's got nothing just yet but i think there's enough analysis in this entire episode to hopefully guide you to the profit yeah. lands yeah man and we'll get some we'll get a fun graphic out with some official picks we'll each pick some props we'll have a little bit of fun and we'll get you some breakdown i'll leave you with two stupid super bowl trends to key in on one you can Hit use it. as a live a live betting opportunity the last seven Teams to lose the coin toss mm-hmm. have won this. Have won the Super Bowl. Interesting. And is so that because they whatever the team loses, and they're setting the tone early? I think Ooh, the because they're knows. deferring. I think the team. <laughs> I think the team that wins the toss is deferring. So sure. the team that loses the toss is getting the ball first. I don't know. Yeah. The other one, thirty-five and twenty all time, including a couple six-game winning streaks over the last fifteen years or so, like mm-hmm. two six-game winning streaks bundled in there. 35 and 20, the team wearing white. So choosing to wear white. In this case, the Bengals were the home team. The feisty underdog, the feisty Bengals had first choice. And they said, no, we're going to wear the blacks. Hmm. So the Rams are in the white uniforms. The white uniforms are 35 and 20 all time. That's data. Rams minus four, baby. Lock, load, ship it, baby. Well, thank you guys as always for listening. This is, this was, this always will be. Short term, my volatility investments.